Support for this podcast and the following message come from Gaia.com, the on-demand streaming TV service that helps you achieve your highest potential at your convenience. To get your first month at only 99 cents, visit GAIA.com forward slash My 7 Chakras. My 7 Chakras, episode 2 to 3. Energy creates energy and it is by spending oneself that one becomes rich. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to my seven chakras, and now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, founder and host of My 7 Chakras, the show where we dive deep into the ancient world to uncover nuggets of wisdom that will help you find your life's purpose. So if you have a burning question about the mysteries of life, then you are listening to the right podcast. But before we move on, I've got a quick announcement. I'm always looking for ways to make your life easier. And after doing over 210 interviews, I've learned that you simply love our book recommendations, which are shared during the wisdom round at the end of each episode. And so I've put together a reading list containing 21 must read spiritual books that will help you on your journey. And if you want to download that copy, all you have to do is visit this link, my 7 forward slash reading list. That's my 7 forward slash reading list. You share your email and you'll get the link in your email box. So download your copy, read the books and take action. And now uh, let's welcome our special guest for today. In fact, a repeat guest, Dr. John McGrail. So doctor, are you ready to inspire? <laughs> yes, AJ. Good morning. Great. Good morning. Uh, John McGrail is a renowned hypnotherapist, self-improvement expert and spiritual teacher. Dr. McGrail's writing and expertise have been featured in many print and online publications, including Time, Reader's Digest, U.S. News and World Report, Cosmopolitan, Red Book, Self, The Chicago Tribune, New York Daily News, WebMD, Huffington Post, and many more. He frequently appears on TV and radio programs nationwide and abroad. His book, The Synthesis Effect, has garnered rave reviews. And this time he uh, actually appears on our show for the second time around. The first time was on episode 40. And it's been a while because today is episode 223. So it's been a while and really, really exciting to connect with you, uh, Dr. McGrail, once again. And welcome to the show. Well, I'm delighted to be back. And I, I, it's been quite a while. And uh, it's really, it's a thrill for me to join you again. I love this show. Oh, absolutely. Thanks a lot. Time just flies. Uh, and it in the quantum indeed. world, we're learning that uh, time is just a figment of our creation and time is relative. Uh, but let's start with uh, some inspiration. Uh, what is your favorite inspirational quote and how does that apply in your day-to-day -day life? Well, my favorite one I already shared with you last time, so I'm going to share another one that is very one of my favorites. And it's a quote by Sarah Bernhardt. And it's very simple. She says, life engenders life, energy creates energy, and it is by spending oneself that one becomes rich. And I really love that because that's all about manifestation. And of course, we manifest, our, we manifest our own reality. And what better way to do it than to spend, to generate energy and to, and to 
live life to the to the fullest, which is my rule number one, as you know, life is supposed to be fun and that's how you make it so. Wonderful. I love that quote. It is by spending oneself that one becomes rich and that can be looked at in so many different ways. I mean, the way I look at it is unless you take action uh, towards things that you want to manifest in your life, uh, you won't really be able to acquire whatever it is that you're trying to attract. So if you want to get better in health or if you want to get better in your relationships or maybe uh, attract more income, then you must take some form of action and really spend on yourself whatever that might mean uh, but spend on yourself and that way you can acquire richness whether richness is richness and health or relationships or even uh, abundance uh, and money financial wealth so thanks a lot for sharing that uh, amazing quote with us and uh, just want to uh, in a start off on, on on the topic that we sort of focused on during our last episode uh, and for people who mm-hmm. haven't had a chance to listen to that episode what exactly is the synthesis effect well the synthesis effect is living our lives exactly the way you and i just described or the way you just described it is learning how to live life virtually free of suffering to to become rich through spending oneself uh physically emotionally and spiritually that's the effect the process is a process I call synthesis, and it's simply, uh, as the word implies, synthesis is taking disparate ingredients and bringing them together to create a stronger whole. And my synthesis process teaches people how to use, harness, and leverage the power of their minds, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, to create the life of their dreams, using the conscious, cognitive, logical mind, and of course, the much more powerful subconscious, spiritual mind. And it is a very simple process. It sounds very complicated and perhaps somewhat dramatic, but as we discussed last time, it's a very, very simple process, and it's incredibly powerful. When people do the work and they set their minds to spending themselves, to go back to that quote, uh, amazing things begin to happen. Got it. So let's start from the basics now. Uh, Could you talk to us about what the mind really is and how many parts does it have? Well, there are many, many theories uh, on that. In my model... The mind is comprised essentially of the conscious and the subconscious. And the conscious part of the mind, and and that's pretty widely accepted, the conscious part of our mind, and a lot of people don't know this, represents only about 10% of the total volume of the mind. Most of our mind, most of us, what's making us tick, is happening below the level of conscious awareness, the subconscious or automatic part of the mind. And I divide the subconscious into three parts. The primitive mind, which is the the lizard brain, the primal mind, uh, that that part of us where the autonomic nervous system lives, if you will, and it it controls most of our physiology and our processes, our biological processes. It's also where our survival instinct uh, emerges, our will to live, our fear response. And then the next layer up from that would be what I call the lower subconscious or the superconscious. And this is where we find very powerful energies, the energy of of innate, unconditional love, which we are all born with, and the energy of innate, instinctive self-esteem, which, again, we are all born with tons of it, Mm -hmm. and then the energy of our essence, which, you know, for lack of a better term, I I like the word spirit. It could be called soul. It can be called many things, uh, depending on your culture, but our essence, the essence that makes us conscious, that, that connects us to the energy of the universal creation. And then the next layer up, the final layer, is what I call the upper subconscious. It sort of builds. Uh, and the upper subconscious is what we would call the, the internal computer. 
the part of our mind that works automatically. It works very much like a computer. And once it's programmed, it will play its programs over and over and over again. And those programs comprise our personalities, our attitudes, our values, our beliefs, our habits. Uh, um, and, and for most people, uh, it is the subconscious that governs most of our behavior and emotions. And so that's, that's sort of how I construct the mind. And uh, for my clients and students, it works very well because it gives them something they can sort of grasp. The true nature of mind is still under huge, as you know, uh, yeah. huge speculation and study. There's, there's a lot of evidence that suggests the mind isn't even in the body, that it's outside of us. Uh, so right. it's, you know, that we could go down a very big rabbit hole there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've heard so much about the mind not being localized to the body itself. And sometimes you're able to project your mind uh, into your heart or, you know, around your brain or even in different, <laughs> different, uh, different parts. Uh, that's what I think Qigong and uh, some of the ancient uh, Indian traditions, uh, Hindu traditions speak about. But uh you know, thanks a lot for clarifying that conscious and subconscious mind. The conscious represents just ten percent of the overall, whereas the most of the activity happens within the subconscious mind. Yes. And within that, you have the primitive mind. Uh, you have the superconscious mind, the innate, unconditional love uh, and self-esteem that we are able to express, and the upper subconscious, the internal computer that really needs programming or gets programmed automatically if you don't do anything about it. Uh, now. On your journey, have you also heard about the unconscious mind? Uh, I'm guessing it's sort of similar to the upper subconscious. Yeah, I, I would call that the same. The subconscious and unconscious are two words that are really interchangeable, I think. Okay. Uh, it's just the part of the mind that operates without our awareness. Okay. And, and it's what causes us to react to situations or inputs rather than respond. And it's mm -hmm. based on the program. For instance, someone uh, insults you and your reaction your unconscious or subconscious reaction might to feel might be uh, anger or hurt or sadness or a feeling of unworthiness it could depending on what your program is as opposed to responding which is to say okay well you've insulted me so what i'm not going to let it bother me now that's powerful for me that's a response and most of the time we react so mm. the the way we're programmed is is, in, is incredibly important because so often in our society our reactions are not power uh, self empowering uh, they're just the opposite. So this reaction, I'm guessing, is within a couple of, within a split second, right? Or maybe the within a couple of microseconds, I'm guessing, the initial reaction as opposed to response. Absolutely, it is. And, and you know, that underlies the importance of being mindful and being present. And I know we've discussed this before, but the more, more present we are, okay. uh, the more mindful we are in the moment, the greater our ability to respond in a way that serves our growth our well-being and the greater good when something occurs or someone says something or we're in a situation. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, most people don't pay attention, aren't very mindful, and so they're just reacting all day long from the moment they wake up till the moment they go to bed. They're just sort of reacting uh, according to programming that is often uh, self-denigrating and self-deprecating. Uh, and, you know, I think that's it's one of the reasons so many people are, are so chronically right. unhappy. So just to get a clearer idea for the benefit of our audience, could you give us examples of how our lives are governed by our sub, uh, subconscious as well as our conscious minds? So just to get you know, an understanding of the difference. Well, again, you know, your conscious mind is the part of you that is aware of what's going on now. All right. And and your subconscious mind is, is again, the, the, the best metaphor, and it works really well, is a computer. When we are born, that, that the subconscious, except you know, the the, the uh, upper subconscious mind is like a hard drive, and it's got no programming, and, 
And as we begin to experience life, as we begin to take in the suggestions that are given to us by first our parents and then our siblings and our friends, and as our world expands, our teachers and society and mass media, we are, we are bombarded with information. And if you, if you reinforce an input, for instance, uh, if you teach a young child, 2 plus 2 is 5. 2 plus 2 is 5. 2 plus 2 is 5. Don't you ever forget it. Mommy and Daddy are telling you, no matter what anybody says, 2 plus 2 is 5. You got it? And that little child's going to say, okay, and that will become its truth. Um, 2 plus 2 is 5. And then it goes out into the real world, and every time something happens, it reacts with 2 plus 2 is 5. Or you could teach the same child 2 plus 2 is 4. In examples, uh, 2 plus 2 is 4. You know, you're a beautiful child. You're intelligent. You can do anything you want. You have all the potential in the world. Don't want anyone ever, ever tell you that you can't do something. That would be a great 2 plus 2 is 4 program. Or, you know, what's the matter with you? Why aren't you more like your brother? Jesus, I, what a waste you are. I can't believe we had you. That would be a very 2 plus 2 is 5 uh, mm-hmm. program. Either way, the child is going to believe it if it's reinforced enough. And, and as I mentioned before, most of this programming, AJ, takes place very early in life. By the time we're four years old, by the time a child is four, he or she is pretty much programmed for the adult they're going to be. There, there will be some changes. And by the time it's, you're, you're eight, it's almost done. Uh, so those first years are when we become or when we are programmed for the people we are going to become. Our personalities are in place. Our basic attitudes and values are in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, that again, that doesn't mean things won't change because they certainly can. But for the most part, what's in there is what's in there. And to make those changes later in life is very difficult for most of us, uh, and, and which, of course, is why I have my job. That's why I do what I do is to help people make changes that aren't working mm-hmm. uh, for, for patterns, habits, limiting beliefs, fears uh, that are holding them back. Once they're in place, they're very difficult to overcome on our own uh, due to an internal resistance called homeostasis it's just the way the human mind has been has evolved so yeah it's a, that that subconscious is extremely extremely powerful mm-hmm. uh, and 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 how it's programmed determines a lot about how we live well that is something new to me i did not know that the age is four so by the time the the, the child is four, the, the child has already sort of internalized certain beliefs, uh, yeah. certain attitudes about life based on the surroundings, based on the parents or teachers or uh, other other kids, uh, uh, their age, their mind is already uh, sort of programmed. And so uh, because of homeostasis, like you mentioned, the child does not change much mentally uh, and, and has similar beliefs uh, until adulthood. Pretty much. And, and, and you know, zero to eight is is what they consider the imprinting years in life when we are, you know, fully being imprinted or programmed for who we're going to be. But most of it takes place in the first four years. And nice. homeostasis is a very, very powerful phenomenon. Human beings will cling to the familiar with tenacity, even when the familiar is painful or doesn't serve them. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's in our DNA to to stay with what we know. And that's one of the reasons, you know, we see this, the phenomenon of, uh, of abuse in relationships, uh, spousal abuse, and it can go either way, whether a woman's abused, and it can be physical or emotional or both. And a battered spouse will stay in, a, in, a, in an abusive relationship for years and years and years and years and years because the fear of staying isn't as great as the fear of leaving. And it's only when the fear of mm-hmm. staying becomes greater than the fear of leaving that a change will occur. Uh, the human mind is its an amazing uh, entity, but it also is very, very uh, 
strict in, in how it operates. Once it's programmed, it will stick to those programs to, with tenacity. Okay. Uh, which is, and I'm, I'm, everybody out there has had that, that difficulty, that challenge of, of creating change in their life. You want something, you know it's good for you, like New Year's resolutions are a perfect example. And for a day or two or three or a week or a month, it's good. And then boom, you go right back to where you were. That's how powerful the subconscious computer is. So let's talk about the topic of sticking to the program. Uh, we see so many elite athletes who, you know, win gold medals. We see a lot of successful people. And success, again, depends on what you define success as. But a lot of successful people, entrepreneurs, scientists, uh, people who win awards, uh, they've obviously achieved something in their lives. So what are those factors or situations that prevent a person from doing well in their life based on your experience? Well, there are many. Uh, you know, certainly, you know, your, your self uh, your your definition of yourself has a lot to do with it. Whether you believe that you have the ability uh, to achieve whatever it is that you might want to achieve, and and uh, another really challenging factor for people in this day and age is the fact that we have become a society that that wants and treasures instant gratification. With with the the miracle of technology, we. We have information at our fingertips. I mean, in our smartphones, we carry an entire library. The knowledge of the world almost is at our fingertips. Okay. And so people tend to want results now, and they don't want to work for them. So instead of going from A to B to C to D and following a process to Z, which is the goal, they want to go from A to Z. And when that doesn't happen, they get impatient and angry and resentful, and they quit. And so, yeah, stick into the program. The elites, whether it's an athlete or an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter what, what the endeavor is, are people that have learned or innately know or have been programmed to embrace the concept of process because life is a process and the achievement of any goal is a process. And because they're embracing the process rather than just looking to the goal and they realize that they have to go through the process to get there. This is one of the greatest lessons I ever learned because I used to be a, a big proponent of going from A to Z. It never works. Yeah. <laughs> Those people who embrace process and then and then take it a step at a time, a choice at a time, always with an eye on the prize. Yeah. Those those are the people who win the gold medals and become the the great entrepreneurs and achievers in in the arts and whatever else, uh, whatever endeavor they, they've chosen where their talents and, and, and desires lie. Got it. So, uh, I mean, I know this, uh, but many times what happens is a person can see the goal, but probably know the process, but after not seeing results, like you said, immediate gratification, after not seeing results over a consistent period of time, sort of begins to self-doubt or worry or wonder whether this process is the right process or if they're really wasting time uh, while seeing others celebrating or reaching the goal or you know completing the milestone so how do you, how does a person uh, go through that process is it still embracing the process and sticking to it no matter what or well it can be and then there's also a time for self-reflection mm. there could be many many factors involved with with not achieving whatever it is maybe there's more training in a certain area that's needed uh, perhaps there perhaps someone has chosen a, a goal that doesn't really fit their aptitudes I mean we all have a certain uh, level of natural talents. Okay. And, you know, if, if I want to kick the winning field goal in the Super Bowl and I'm a concert pianist, I'm probably not going to get there. So, you know, they have to be realistic. They have to do a self-assessment. And very often, uh, they if they seek the help and advice of a coach, a therapist, a professional 
with an objective point of view that can help them I see where the holes, the gaps may be, and help them uh, uh, set realistic goals, perhaps more realistic short-term goals, and then guide them through the process. Uh, my wife, Coach Lynn Ann McGrail, does that with people, and it's amazing with a little inspire, in, inspiration and help from someone uh, that can look at things objectively how you can get yourself back on track. Uh, you know, when, a, when an athletic team goes to a championship, when the New England Patriots go to the Super Bowl or, the, or the, the L.A. Dodgers or a baseball team goes to the World Series, they don't go without coaches. They don't just say, okay, here you go, guys, go play the game. Uh, and so, you know, life coaching is, a, is sort of a, a – it was considered a fad. It is now really becoming a, a mainstream occupation. And people, uh, most of us, need a little help to get there. Whether it's with, with what I do, if there's a mental block or a fear or a phobia, or once you've gotten over that, uh, many of my clients, I then, I then refer to a coach like my wife, who then helps them actually get on their process and, and gives them the guidance and the tough love sometimes that we need to stick to it and get there. Got it. Thanks for sharing. Now, you integrate spirituality with the science of hypnotherapy. Right. So could you talk to us about the spiritual side of you? How did it all begin? Well, yes, I do. I think uh, the spiritual side of us is the most important part. And the essence of synthesis uh, incorporates spirituality, uh, uh, meditation and hypnosis and other tools. But my spirituality was something that uh, I always knew was there. And quite frankly, when I was young, AJ, I was afraid of it because I always had uh, I was always sensitive to energy. I could I could I could intuit things and it was really scary because i had no one to give me guidance mm. and uh, it was just sort of this innate knowledge that was there that i was afraid of, of really exploring until well rather later in life quite frankly i think i was in my early 40s um and then i had the experience of going through a divorce my first marriage was not a happy marriage and uh, one that never should have occurred but that's another story and it was it was sort of coming out of that experience and rediscovering who I was and and becoming empowering. I, I, I do call it rediscovering your authentic self. Uh, that's when I was introduced to the concept of spirituality. And it was like someone just, you know, opened the spillway on a dam full of water. Mm. From that moment on, I was just immersed in it. And, you know, everything that's happened since then is because of that. Um, so... You know, everybody finds it their own way. Uh, the the latest science suggests that you know little little kids, little ones, when we're small, are still very aware of the fact that we are spiritual beings in a physical body. And of course, that's irrefutable. That's been proven scientifically. This energy called spirit exists. Um, when you embrace that fact, and in Western culture, we don't like it because it's sort of woo woo or scary. But the truth of the matter is, whether you like it or not, you are a spiritual being. You know, you can think of your body as like a spacesuit that you wear so that you can exist on this earth. But the essence of you is spirit. And once you embrace it and learn about it and incorporate that part of you into your day-to-day -day life, it is just amazing how things begin to change. Suddenly, you're not worried about what other people think of you. You're not trying to live up to others' expectations. You're very much at peace with who and what you are. You, you fall back in love with yourself self-esteem doesn't require anybody else and it is that embracing of spirit uh, which is the essence of everything that exists the native cultures of the world around the world 
have always known this intuitively. Uh, there is spirit in everything. When you become part of that and live in balance with it, uh, your life works very, very well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, as soon as someone realizes that they are not just a human being have a sp- having a spiritual experience, but a spirit having a human experience, uh, everything changes, right? Their perspective changes. They have a renewed s- sense of faith. Uh, they're able to withstand challenges much more easily because they look at them as opportunities to transform and evolve spiritually. And so, yeah, totally, totally agree, agree with that. Now, speaking about our physical existence here on Earth, many of our listeners complain of constant mental chatter and inability to focus uh, because of it. And many of them also experience outbursts of emotions, whether it's sadness or worry or nervousness, which overwhelm them and affect their ability to experience uh, happiness. So firstly, how are our emotions and feelings related to thoughts and what comes first? How are these related? <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a, a very interesting question. In in the model that I use, uh, that I created to help my clients and students understand this, um, it is an interchange. It's like a feed-forward feedback loop of energies. But I like to think of the fact that the experience of living is an exchange of energies between you, the being, and your environment or the universal web of energy, whatever you want to call it. Energy comes in in a variety of ways. Thought, uh, uh, you see, you hear, you touch, you taste, you smell, you feel, you, you eat food, you drink liquids, you breathe in air. That's all energies that are coming into you, the being. Energies go out. Uh, you think, you move, you behave, you pee, you poop, all of that. And that interchange, that exchange of energies called life creates an internal loop yep. of the energies of thoughts feelings and emotions. Now, the way I think of it is that thought is the product of your interaction with the environment. Thought interacts with and creates feelings, the, the subjectivity of the experience. Human beings are the only species on the planet that evaluate our life subjectively. Is this good or bad, happy or sad, pain or pleasure, love or hate? Uh, it's all contrast, positive or negative. We're the only species that does that. And so these thoughts then ref- are generate or are the instantaneous expression of the more primal energies we call our emotions. And our, our emotions correlate to positives and negatives. We have love, we have hate, you know, we have joy, we have sorrow. And so the, the experience of living, exchanging energy with your environment, events occur, they go inside your mind, thoughts are produced, which produce feelings, which are the instantaneous expressions of our emotions, all based on contrast, good or bad, happy or sad, love or hate, all the way up to yin and yang. And that is uniquely human. So that's how I like to think of it. That's how I teach it to my clients because it's something that we can grasp. How that really works, I don't know. Uh, but that's, that's a logical way of thinking about it that seems to work uh, for, for, for me and for the folks that I work with. And then, of course, if you go through that loop enough, thoughts, feelings, and emotions, you keep going through it enough and enough and enough and enough, then they, then those thoughts become beliefs, which mm-hmm. then are very, very, very powerful because our beliefs, whether they have any basis in fact or not, define our perception of truth, which then defines the energy of our reality. So that's how I think about it. That's how I, I teach it. And, um, it seems to work very well for most people. It gives them something that they can hold on to. Well, absolutely. And in, in answering this question, you actually uh, also sh- you know told us or explained to us how we are responsible for creating our own realities, right? Because uh, you, you know our our interaction with the energies around us create thoughts. Thoughts lead to that immediate uh, knee-jerk reaction of feelings that create emotions, 
and emotions over a certain period of time uh, create the beliefs and then uh, so on and so forth. We create yes. or define the reality around us. Now, in terms of a solution, how does synthesis help people deal with these uh, you know, uh, recurring thoughts or emotions? Well, first of all, it, it creates understanding. That's the, the key. A lot of people ask me about that. You know, what's so special about your process? And and as I say, even in, in my book, uh, there's nothing new to this process. But but I think what is what makes it powerful is that we start by creating understanding. As you just mentioned, that, that quantum reality equation, which is what I call it. Uh, it's it's a graphical way for the the Western thinker to say, okay, this is how I'm creating my reality. This is this is how I got where I am. So creating that understanding, how energy flows to create reality, how the mind works, the subconscious interacting with the with the conscious mind. Once that understanding is created, you know, they, they, there's that old cliche: knowledge is power, or can be power. Then we say, okay, now you have a reality, uh, this part of your life, that's not working the way you want it to because your subconscious computer is programmed for the opposite of what you want. Here are some tools and techniques and methods and traditions that can help you reprogram that internal computer. And of course, hypnotherapy is part of it. Meditation is a huge part of it. And there are other techniques uh, that all deal with changing the computer program, changing the internal energy, if you will. So that the old inputs, whatever they were, that were creating less than desired outputs, thoughts, feelings, fears, whatever it was, limiting beliefs, we reprogram that computer so the old inputs no longer have that effect. And so it's creating understanding, introducing the tools, and then showing people how to use them. And it's not hard. It really isn't. It sounds very, very complex. It's very, very simple. Uh, embracing that process, and, and it's amazing how quickly a person can completely transform their lives. I mean, it's just amazing. In a matter of weeks, you can get rid of years and years and years of negative thoughts, beliefs, uh, things that have been holding you back. It's really amazing. So that's that's how the synthesis process works. Create understanding, introduce the tools, show you how to use the tools, and of course, then it's up to you to do the work. But if you do the work, your life will be can be what you want it to be rather than what you thought you were stuck with got it well thanks a lot for sharing that now uh, i just just want to put out put a thought out there because you know sometimes if you're aware of a belief system that is hampering our growth it's easy to sort of identify that belief system and then take action but sometimes we have belief systems that we are not even aware of that sort of reside deep in our subconscious right so how does somebody go about identifying what that um, invisible belief system is that irrational belief system that is hampering their growth that's a great question. All your questions are great, AJ. You always make me think, and I love that's one of the reasons <laughs> I love working with you. Um, the answer is is quite simple. If it's that deep, very often it's it's impossible for an individual to find it on their own, uh, just because again of the way the mind is constructed. And that's where someone uh, with training and understanding, a professional with an objective per- perspective, okay. Uh, can help because that professional can help them identify it and if they're good very quickly and then again the tools to change it are there mm-hmm. but most people quite frankly are going to have a hard time doing it on their own if the if those limiting beliefs are that deeply embedded in their subconscious because they're they have no idea mm-hmm. uh, but a professional can help dig that out pretty quickly and that, you know that's a big part of what i do uh, usually very early on in a program with uh, whether it's individuals or even when I'm teaching a workshop, 
you know, we always say, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you'll have your answers. Even if there are 100 or 200 people in the room, at the end of the day, you'll have your answers. And so that's what we do is help them discover what it is and then provide them with the methodology to overcome it and reprogram themselves, if you will, so that they start um, creating and manifesting the results they want rather than the ones that they currently are. Got it. Now, I was watching one of your videos. Uh, I think it was one of your interviews where you referred to the subconscious mind as the subconscious spiritual mind. So yes, why is that? Well, I believe that spirit is innate. And, and uh, again, and a lot of it is for, lack of a better term, a lot of it is for convenience to help people. Because most of the people that come to see me uh, are unaware at some level uh, of, of the nature of spirituality. They're unaware of the nature of the mind and how it works. And, you know, we have to, we have to create results quickly. That's one of the th- reasons that, that people come to see me. You know, they, they've been in therapy, traditional therapy, for years and years and years and not getting results in that. And they come to me and they say, you're my last hope. I'm desperate. And then usually a few weeks later, they say, I wish I had called you first because, wow, what a difference. Um, So that said, in order to create models uh, that are understandable and that are easily grasped, uh, I I incorporate our spiritual uh, essence into the subconscious mind because we're not aware of it at a conscious level. Most of us aren't. Once we become aware of it, 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 you know, obviously it helps empower our lives. So I say the subconscious slash spiritual mind, because in that innate part of, of the mind where we find unconditional love for ourselves and others, we're all born with that. Vastly abundant, perfectly formed self-esteem, we're all born with that. No child comes into this life thinking they're a failure or thinking they, they're not good enough or thinking that, you know, they're worried about what other people think of them. No, we have to learn all of that. So those innate empowering energies of unconditional love, self-esteem, I bundle that with spirit, uh, our essence, because spirit fuels unconditional love. It is, it is, I mean, if you think of the the concept of the infinite, the creator, it is all about unconditional love. There's no evil out in nature. We have to create it. Mm -hmm. So that's why I I, I put it in there. Um, It's a place where it fits. People understand it. And they can embrace it, and, and it helps them really start developing their personal spirituality. Um, and, you know, as we've talked about before, in Western culture, modern Western culture, which I, I define as technology-driven society, which is most of the world today, we have forgotten about the nature of spirit. We don't nurture that energy within us, and that's one of the reasons is that people are so anxious and angry and stressed and have so many afflictions. Because the, the, the energies are, are so imbalanced. We're all about the material. We're all about the physical world. And I just saw a quote the other day. I don't know if it was the Dalai Lama. And I'm not sure I can even remember it now. So I, I, I'm taking a chance here. But he said something like, people are meant to be loved and objects are meant to be used. And what's happened in modern society is that people are used and objects are loved. And that's one of the reasons we're so messed Got up. It. That's that's a beautiful quote indeed. I have uh, seen that a couple of times uh, on Facebook. You know, Facebook is known yes. to uh, spread fake news <laughs> or sometimes uh, these amazing <laughs> inspirational quotes. But uh, thanks for sharing. Uh, so, uh, Dr. McGrail, let's talk about uh, dreams for a moment. Uh, when we're dreaming, what's really okay. happening? Yes. 
Well, again, when we're dreaming, the subconscious mind is is working, and and dreams are even people who say they don't dream do they just don't remember them. Mm-hmm. But essentially, there are three purposes for dreams uh, in, in the particular model that I was educated in and that I prefer to use because it seems to work so well. There are three stages of sleep. Uh, you can break your sleep cycle into thirds. In the first third uh, of your sleep, the dreams are, are, are called precognitive, or not precognitive, they're called reviewing dreams. In other words, the dreams we have in the beginning of our sleep cycle are just sort of replaying the tapes of the day or replaying the tapes of our life. We're sort of reviewing how things are going. Uh, we very rarely remember those because we have just fallen asleep, uh, and, and those are very rarely recalled. Then in the middle portion of the sleep cycle uh, are what are called the precognitive dreams, and that's when the subconscious mind is trying to predict the future. It's trying to figure out what's going on. And I'm, Everybody, I'm sure, listening has had this experience where you wake up in the middle of the night, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and you go, oh, that's it. That's what I've got to do. You were dreaming about a problem you have or a challenge, and the answer comes to you. I've had this happen so many times, and you're just delighted with it. Oh, wow, that's so cool. And, of course, the mistake you make is you don't write it down. <laughs> and you go, back to, you go back to sleep, and by the morning, you, you've forgotten it. And I've had that happen so many times. But that's what those dreams are. They're called precognitive okay. dreams. And then in the third part of the sleep cycle, the early morning before we awaken are what we call the venting dreams. And those dreams are the ones... From my perspective as a, as a therapist uh, and, and performance coach, those are the ones we pay most attention to because that's when the subconscious mind is venting out the energies that it needs to get rid of. Uh, and those can be very symbolic dreams. Uh, and, and, and it's important for everybody to realize that if you buy a book that says, here, here is what your dreams mean, uh, you're going down a slippery slope because everybody's symbols are personal. Your snake and my snake may have completely different contexts. Uh, the, only, the only universal symbol that I know of that is universally accepted is that if you dream, your teeth are falling out, uh, that you're suffering from a fear of lack of control. And that's pretty universally accepted. But all the rest of the symbols you know, that come up in our dreams have to be analyzed in context. Um, and that's why someone who's trained in dream therapy, and I use that a lot with my clients, because once we start working, and we start going into the subconscious and, and, and helping it un, unlearn and relearn, those dreams start popping up, and they can be very significant uh, in telling us not only what's going on, but where we need to go to hasten the process. So three periods of sleep, three cycles of dreams, the early morning ones being the venting dreams, uh, and they're very, very important. Without them, we, we could not survive. Got it. So thanks a lot for that wonderful explanation. And uh, as you were sharing that, I recall that you know many times i don't remember the dreams but when i do remember dreams uh, i i'm guessing it's the last phase the last third which is waiting dreams uh where the where the subconscious mind has some energies that it wants to get rid of as you mentioned those are the dreams that i tend to remember but is there any benefit of trying to remember all the thirds you know all the different types of dreams and you know if yes you know any any suggestions on tips (laughs) I don't think there's any particular benefit uh, because you wouldn't get any sleep if you were if you were trying to write everything down every time you woke okay. up. Uh, you know, we, we need to sleep. Uh, the, the body needs the rejuvenation, the re-energization, and re-energizing. And of course, the mind knows exactly what to do uh, if we just leave it alone. Now, in a therapeutic situation, I will sometimes, uh, often have clients uh, 
wake up and if they wake up from a dream in the early morning, that last third, those are the ones that are important from a therapeutic perspective. I will have them write those down and bring them in because they can be very, very beneficial and informative uh, in telling us where we are, what's going on and where we need to go. Okay. But, but to try to remember all of them, because again, you, you know, from a conscious level, you, you know what you did that day. You know what's going on in your life. So why remember the, third, the first third? It's just your, your mind is just kind of replaying the tapes of the day. And the second ones, now, if you have a, a challenging situation in your life and you're trying to come up with a solution and you're stuck, if you wake up in the middle of the night with that, ah, I get it, the, that would be worthy of writing down because then you can look at it the next morning and see if it was you know, something really applicable. And, you know, I suppose it could or could not yeah. be. Um, uh, the, but the, the last third, again, it, it, if you're not in a therapeutic situation, if you're not uh, trying to make changes in your life, if your life is working well, there's no particular need to remember any of your dreams. Just let your mind do what it does. That's Mother Nature at work. Got it. Now, as you, you, you were speaking about the precognitive dreams, which is the second phase of dreamings where the subconscious mind is trying to predict uh, the future, I sort of remember, I think it was Napoleon Hill who wrote in one of his books uh, this technique that was used by many of these geniuses. So what they would do is they would sort of the previous night write down uh, the problem that they're trying to solve or some question that they had and they would go to sleep without trying to solve the problem. And as you predicted, they would get the problem either the next morning or in between when they're dreaming, just because they gave that stimuli of the problem. Does that sound familiar to you? Yes, I, I read that in, I believe, the book that he wrote about that was uh, Think and Grow Rich. Got it. Yep. Which is his classic. Yeah. But yeah, uh, there's you know no reason you can't. And, and uh, you know obviously those people did it successfully, uh, quite frankly. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thanks a lot for sharing. Now, we've spoken about, uh, you know, the different aspects of, of dreams. We spoke about our emotions and thoughts and how they lead to belief systems. But, uh, you know, you, you often say that we create our own reality, right? So for listeners who are listening right now, could you give us an overview of how exactly we are creating our reality each and every day? Well, we've really actually already touched on upon that, that quantum reality equation, as we interact energetically with our world, yep. as we go through this process called living, uh, it creates this internal energy flow, thoughts, feelings, emotions, which interact with one another, and with repetition and reinforcement, create beliefs. Once you have beliefs, whatever they are, they're just thoughts that you've thought over and over and over again so many times that they become both automatic and unquestioned. But the reason beliefs are so powerful is because they define our perception of truth, our perception of truth. Once you perceive something is true, whether it is real fact or not, and I'll give you a, a ridiculous example, but that but works very well. Once something is perceived as true, it then defines our reality. And because energy has to flow, we have to remember that we are nothing more than energy. Once the energy energy of your reality is in place. It's got to go someplace. You can't destroy it. You can't stop it. And in the human system, what it does is it goes right back around through that loop. Thoughts, feelings, emotions, thoughts, feelings, emotions, belief, truth, reality. And it just goes around and around and around. And so we are creating our reality through our interactions, our energetic interactions. And the example I give that is, um, again, it's, it's so corny, but it's so perfect. If you go back 6,000 years or so, every 
everybody on this planet, every human being that we know of on this planet, believed beyond the shadow of a doubt that the Earth was flat. It was a disk. And that belief created a very limiting reality. They were afraid to travel too far in any direction. I can't go up to the top of that mountain if I fall fall off, I fall off the earth. If we go out to sea, there's monsters out there that will eat us if we go over the edge. And so it created, they created a very insular reality for themselves based on what they believed was true. And then someone said, you know what, let's take another look at this, folks, because I've got this mathematical equation here, and it says the opposite. It says the world is round. And of course, it took a little bit of time, but not too long before where everybody said, yeah, you know, you're right. Uh, math is irrefutable and the Earth is round. And, of course, now we can see the Earth from outer space. We know it's a ball. And so once that became their tr- truth, their reality expanded immeasurably. Suddenly we could go out to sea and we didn't have to worry about falling off the edge of the Earth and being eaten by the monsters. We could go all the way around and come back the other way. And so just because of the way we changed our energy around our beliefs, what we perceived is true, it changed our entire reality. So that's an easy way of, of, of explaining what we all do each and every day. I know it feels like life is happening to us, and that's one of the biggest things that I have to get across to my clients as students and to myself when I was going through my transition or, or, or transformation. It feels like life is happening to us, and it's really easy to take on that sort of victim mode. Oh, woe is me. Oh, woe is me. But you know what? That's not what's happening. You have a choice always as to what and how you respond to situations. And when you take that responsibility for creating your own reality, I'm responsible for my outcomes. I'm responsible for my happiness. I'm responsible for everything that happens to me. Then when you take that responsibility and start actively, mindfully using your energies to create what you want, then the universe starts sending it back. That's the old law of attraction. And so it's very, very important. That's the biggest shift that, that we need to see when someone wants to change something in their life is that they have to take responsibility for the fact that whatever isn't working, they created. They didn't do it on purpose. I'm not saying we hurt ourselves on purpose. Remember, most of it's subconscious. We're not aware of it. But once that subconscious computer is programmed, it'll take us down any path we, that is programmed to take us down. And so once you take responsibility, or as I I say to so many of my clients, they say, I can't do that. And I say, well, whose mind is it? And they say, well, it's my mind. And I say, well, who owns that mind? And they say, well, I own it. And I say, well, then you have more control than you think you do. So let's get to work. And then we then, then the process starts. So there you go, Action Tribe. Beliefs determine our perception of truth. Not the truth, but our perception of truth. That's right. Well, thanks a lot for sharing that. Action Tribe, to access the show notes for today's episode, visit my7chakras.com forward slash 223. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 223. You go there, you'll have all the links that we've talked about in today's show, as well as nuggets of wisdom that you might have uh, you know, not taken down. You'll have it in the show notes. And before moving on, a word from our sponsor, Gaia.com. Explore the vast traditions of yoga with the Gaia original series, Yogic Paths. Filmed across India, the 13-episode series captures the beauty of mystical Indian landscapes and never-before-seen ashrams while taking the viewer on a journey through the many traditions of yoga. While the practice of physical postures called asanas is most well-known in the West, understanding the full scope of this rich and varied tradition gives meaning and power to the yoga that we know today. 
Action Tribe, since you're listening to this show, it's clear that you are interested in topics such as chakras, yoga, and self-realization. And you know exactly where to go for audio content and interviews. And I sure hope you feel this way about our show, My 7 Chakras. But where do you go if you want a streaming TV video service with the same values and similar content? The answer is Gaia.com. To start watching this show, The Yogic Paths, as well as get your first month at Gaia for just 99 cents, visit Gaia.com forward slash My 7 Chakras. That's G-A-I-A.com forward slash My S-E-V-E-N-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. Action Tribe, many of you listen to our show because you are looking for a sense of direction. You're looking for answers to questions you have about life. Or maybe you're looking for a sign or maybe a clue about what to do next in life. And my goal as the host is to help you find all the answers that you need. But you know what? Uh, There are some questions that can only be answered by you. And by you, I mean your higher self, your intuition. And you can actually use your emotions for good. Your emotions can be an internal GPS that will guide you on your journey. Because as Joseph Campbell said, follow your bliss and the universe will open doors for you where there are only walls. Follow your bliss and the universe will open doors for you where there are only walls. So Dr. McGrail, as on today, what is your life's calling? Well, my life's calling is something that I found somewhat by accident, but it is helping as many people as I can possibly help understand what we're talking about today, understand that they have within them everything they need to create the life of their dreams. It takes some work. It usually is going to require assistance, but my life's calling is helping as many people as possible rekindle that physical, emotional, and spiritual balance, live a life of abundance, joy, happiness, live rule number one. Life is supposed to be fun, whatever that means to them. And the more people that I can help, the more I feel like I've done what I was put here to do. Um, so that, that is my life's calling, to, to help more people become empowered and to, to help us as a species, uh, you know, save ourselves, because right now we're, we're a mess in some areas. Got it. And with that, we've arrived at the last round, which is called the Wisdom Round. And this round really allows our listeners to get actionable pieces of wisdom and take action. So my first question is, what is the best advice that someone has ever given you? Well, the the best advice that anyone has given me was to just live my life in my own way. And, And that's, as you may remember, my very favorite quote, I've never found one better, was uh, written by Christopher Morley, a journalist and uh, um, essayist who lived in the late 19th century. And his his statement was, there is only one success, to live your life in your own way. And I think that's the best advice that I ever got, that and to, and to you know, treat everyone the way you would want to be treated by them. And uh, that, has, that has served me well uh, throughout my life, both of those, those thoughts. And also name a habit, a personal habit that keeps you strong. Well, a personal habit that keeps me strong is is a meditation, a daily meditation. I start every day with a meditation and yoga routine that uh, incorporates meditation and elements of kundalini yoga. And I find that uh, if I do that every single day before the day starts, I get up a little extra early so that I have the time to do that that the rest of the day just falls into place beautifully because I leave the house uh, energized. I, 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 I leave feeling physically, emotionally, and spiritually balanced. And, 
And that just gets me, you know, that, that takes me through life quite well. And I found that if I'm not consistent with it, that's when I can start going sideways. You know, we have to nurture all three of our energy streams, physical, emotional, and spiritual. If you do that on a consistent basis, uh, then you, you know, your, your, your life works really well. So that's my habit. And, uh, it's one that I teach everybody I work with and everybody that's ever taken it on and committed to it, uh, calls and thanks me. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. So these days, what is your morning routine like? Well, as I mentioned, I get up first thing. I have, uh, a couple of energy beverages, uh, warm water and the juice of half a lemon, and then um, apple cider vinegar, which has been proven to be incredibly healthy. Uh, so those two drinks in the morning, and then uh, about 45 minutes of meditation and yoga uh, designed to work on any areas that I feel I need to work on physically, emotionally, or spiritually. And that includes just, you know, some time for just basic appreciation for being here and for my day and for another day of life uh, i really think i try to live every day as if it was could be my last and i'm not successful at it none of us are but um it's it's about you know half hour 45 minutes of, of that just quiet time uh with some stretching and, and yoga poses and exercises that just really create a, a wonderful energy in me physically and emotionally and spiritually i feel like i've done something special for myself and as I always say, you have to learn to love yourself unconditionally before you can receive it from others. And that, that's an old cliche, but cliches become cliches because they're true. So that's a gift I give myself every day or almost every day. Some, there are some days when I, I roll over and go back to sleep, but not many. And um, I find that it's been quite powerful for me. Sure. And uh, really love apple cider vinegar. I... Uh bought a bottle <laughs> actually a couple of uh, it's been a month now uh, having it regularly and it's been so amazing in terms of the numerous benefits uh, uh, that it has uh, obviously people say that you can you know mix it with lime juice and, and ginger and things like that but i just mix it with water sometimes in the morning and uh, sometimes in the evening but mm -hmm. uh, of all the benefits i've noticed uh, you know effortless weight loss uh, yes uh, so so in, in a way natural and healthy way so highly recommend apple cider vinegar action tribe you can check out so there are some really good vi youtube videos in terms of how to use it and the details and benefits of uh, this drink uh, so dr mcgrail name a book that you'd like to recommend for our listeners today well, besides, besides synthesis effect, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. I, ha I have to, uh, but uh, th there are so so many that have been powerful for me. But one of my very favorites is uh, a little book called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, and it's a very simple book. It's a very easy read. It's based on the ancient Toltec uh, philosophy and wisdom. The Toltecs were uh, a native tribe in, I believe, southern Mexico or Central America, uh, and it's a very, very simple, easy way to live an incredibly empowered life, four simple agreements, and I not only recommend it to everyone, I take it out and reread it at least once or twice a year, uh, so that, that would be my pick for this, this show. Well, thanks a lot for sharing. Action Drive, I've got an opportunity where you can get a free book 
to listen to maybe this book as well because i know how much you love our book recommendations and i know that many of you purchase these books as soon as you hear them shared on the show and that's why audible.com is offering our tribe our community one free audiobook download with a free 30 day trial so that you can get to check out their service now in case you don't know audible has over 180000 titles to choose from for your iphone android or kindle including bestsellers like the chakra system by anadia judith autobiography of a yogi by paramahansa yogananda and new earth by eckhart tolle to get your free book and start listening right away go to our website my7chakras.com/freebook that's my7chakras.com/freebook uh, to begin listening so dr magrail thank you so much for joining us once again for the second interview it was really really great uh, taking our last conversation forward and learning so much more about the mind about dreams uh, and 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 so many other things that can help us transform our lives uh, before you go tell us one thing that you are really really grateful for and uh, how can we find uh, you online and get to know more about you well uh, grateful for i i think of all things that I'm grateful for is the fact that I was given the opportunity by my life, by, by life circumstances to, to rediscover and develop my spirituality because it, it, my life has never been the same. The last 25 years or so have been just amazing as opposed to the time before. That's what I'm most grateful for is that I discovered what we're talking about and then was uh, led to, to know that my life's purpose was, was was professing that and, and and spreading spreading that to others uh and what was the second part of the uh, question how do we find you online oh yes thank you uh, i can be found easily online you can simply google dr john mcgrail and there are a few dr john mcgrails but only one who practices hypnotherapy and spirituality that would be me uh, i have two websites dr john com, which is just my name uh mcgrail is spelled m-c-g-r-a-i-l dr john com, or www.hypnotherapylosangeles, all, all one word, all spelled out, hypnotherapylosangeles.com. And that's more geared toward my, my clinical hypnotherapy practice. And then I have a YouTube channel, Dr. John McGrail, and I've got a, a, a new video series, A Better You in a Minute or Two, which are a series of short videos that come out every couple of weeks. And uh, people can subscribe to them. They, uh, you get the video in an email and a little synopsis of what the subject matter is and you can decide to watch it or not or share it or not and they're just little you know four to five minute videos that uh, uh, give people a little trick a little tidbit a little piece of knowledge or wisdom to help them live their lives more powerfully on a, on a practical day-to-day basis and it's a lot of fun so they can find me on youtube they can google me my websites and of course uh, my book the synthesis effect is available on amazon and barnesandnoble.com and as we talked about before the show, I've got a new book coming out. It's going to be a while, but it's called, too, A Better You in a Minute or Two, uh, which is patterned after the video series. So there are lots of ways to find me. And if anybody does want to reach out, my phone numbers are on my websites. My email address is on my websites. So you can call me anytime. You will get a personal response from me. I don't have my staff handle that stuff. Uh, if someone reaches out and has a question, uh, whether it's about working with me or just a question in general about what they've heard or anything, uh, they will always get a personal response from me. I answer all those emails and all those phone calls, and I'm delighted to do so. So please, if you have those, uh, reach out, and uh, I would be delighted to give you whatever guidance or uh, help I can. And, and AJ, once again, thank you so very much 
for the invitation and for, for bringing me back on the show. It's always fun to work with you. You, As I said, you always make me think, and I love that. <laughs> well, 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 thanks a lot, uh, uh, Dr. McGrail. Uh, we'll have all these links up in the show notes. It's always a pleasure to have you on our show. Uh, thanks for th- uh, talking to us about the power of our mind and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. It was my great pleasure. Anytime. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.